Catherine Arndt, Newsroom Time, and what a lovely opening. How good is that? Well, I think it just, it's fitting. This is our second year of VLGA Connect, Chris, and we thought it was time to really, you know, shake things up, have a new theme for 2021, and I I think we've hit the nail on the head. Well, I should say JLF has hit the nail on the head. I think we've gone all classy. It's lovely. We ha- Look, and if we go back, we won't, though. Well, perhaps we do <clears throat> cut back to our very first episode of VLGA Connect. I think we've come a long way. <laughs> Don't do that. It's best left. <laughs> it's best left where it was. <laughs> In the archives. <laughs> In the- Anyway, lovely to see you. It is March. Summer series is behind us, but also your VLGA annual general meeting is behind you. Let's deal with that first. How did that go last week? Look, I think um, all things considered, uh, it was. it's always tough to have an AGM, I think, via Zoom, uh, particularly that was the first time that the VLGA had done that. And I know it's become a very common thing now in this COVID environment, but we um, certainly got through a lot. We had a overwhelming uh, unanimous support for the special resolution uh, that was tabled. Um, we delivered our virtual annual report. Uh, unfortunately, not without a couple of technical hiccups just in the beginning, but we got there in the end. And certainly that has now been recirculated out there. So our members should be able to enjoy that without the technical issues um, at their own leisure. Uh, you know what, though? I think people are pretty forgiven, forgiving and understanding of the technical issues working in the Zoom environment, don't you? I think so. Uh, If anything, Zoom has uh, really uh, highlighted that we are, in fact, all human and prone to error. And when you're on camera, it's a little bit hard to hide some of those those things. And, of course, unfortunately for me, I don't really have a poker face. So... (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Well, there's lots to come. We'll uh, we'll touch on some highlights very shortly, but let's have a look at some of the news stories that caught our eye this past week. Given the segments called Newsroom, a few uh, announcements out of the state government that um, I think are interesting um, will have some impact on uh, councils and, and, and local government in various ways, positive ways, such as Victoria taking action on single-use plastics. I know there's a lot of uh, coverage at the moment for what's happening in South Australia, but Victoria's got a plan to do the same over the next couple of years. It has, and I think uh, many of the states have already gone down this this path or are well and truly along it, so it's very pleasing to see that Victoria is now looking at this as as part of a circular economy strategy. Uh, I was reading with interest that currently... um, on average, each Victorian sends around 68 kilograms of plastic waste to landfill every year. That's an incredible figure. That stat caught my eye as well. It is an incredible figure. So clearly a lot more uh, needs to be done. Some people are doing their part already and some government agencies, the report notes, uh, have already moved to phase out single-use plastics, but we'll see a broad across-government response to this uh, between now and 2023. Also out of the uh, government this week is news that a lot of government schools in the state are going to be receiving solar systems. Again, makes a lot of sense in the context of 
climate change and uh, lowering costs uh, where possible. I, I don't have a list of the schools, but I think it was 170-something in the announcement that came out this, these past few days. Yes, I recall it was, was that sort of figure. And when you think about all of that, that roof space that um, can, can house these solar panels, uh, seems like a very sensible way forward. 1,600 school upgrades over the past five years with uh, $9 billion invested by this government, current government, which I assume includes that announcement of solar systems. So investment that I'm sure most people welcome. And one that will definitely have an impact on some councils uh, because it's going to be uh, brought into their planning schemes, new rules that the planning minister, Richard Winners, announced around uh, apartments. And this is, again, about making them more livable, more green spaces, reducing wind tunnels, uh, good measures by the sound of it. Yes, I, I read that with interest. Um, as um, some of our viewers may be aware, the, the Victorian Planning Authority uh, is at the moment consulting with uh, stakeholders on their their business plan for, for the year and also their strategic plan. And Minister Wynne opened that first consultation session um, a week or so ago. And this initiative, along with, I, I guess, a number of others that we'll see released by the state government, is to, again, be consistent with all of um, the, the current state policy changes around environment protection, climate change, uh, planning strategy in particular, uh, and, and reducing, as you say, those wind tunnels that can eventuate between a higher or medium density dwellings, um, but at the same time incorporating some of that green, green space. Yeah, and some talk there about the way balconies are used or aren't used when they're on those really high floors, because I must admit if I was on a 40th floor and had a balcony, I probably wouldn't be too keen to spend too much time out there. Yes, with the uh, the wind. Well, that yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and look, a couple of nice ones from uh, particular councils that I thought were worth highlighting this week, uh, Catherine Mornington Peninsula Shire. I this saw one... that one, Chris, about an augmented reality trail. Yeah, yeah. It is, doesn't that sound really interesting? And they're they're looking for community engagement with public spaces through this augmented reality. Uh, trail, as you call it, at seven locations around the Shire. What an exciting idea. Look, it is. And, and did I read that it can actually transport back people who, in, who engage with the, I guess it's an app, um, through their smartphone or tablet, take them back 100 years or so um, to see what the Shire looked like back then? Sorrento and Portsea in particular, absolutely. It just shows you that some of the things you can do with the technology to really engage with people. And I think that um, often that's underestimated at the local government level. Uh, you know, local government's actually at the forefront of a lot of digital transformation, and um, this is another example of that. Absolutely, yes. So check that out from Mornington Peninsula Shire. And, and another that I thought was terrific is the city of Greater Bendigo. They've come up with a really unique way of activating the uh, creative uh, community by launching paid residencies for five artists for up to three months in partnership with local businesses. They call it the Creative Recovery Red, uh, Residency Program. What a fantastic initiative. I mean, we really do know that, that the creative arts have been heavily impacted by, by COVID. And here's an opportunity for 
local artists to work with local businesses and try and stimulate the economy, um, you know, bring with it that nice sense of, of creativity for the community as well. I, I think it's a terrific initiative by the City of Bendigo. It's nice to highlight these things that are happening with different councils around the state. Last week, Catherine, I must give you an update. We talked about the electronic vehicle charging station rollout mm. in central goldfields and beyond. We've had some great uh, feedback from viewers and listeners on that, including someone tweeted me a photo of the first charging station in, I think, Meribah. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, already in use, uh, just been uh, just been installed at, at the time we were talking about it. So uh, I did see some of those tweets come through, and I thought, you, you look, it, it's it's always difficult to know what will capture people's attention. So it's you know excellent to see that we we got that feedback from that story. And talking about capturing attention, Clean Up Australia Day always has captured the attention of many and another opportunity coming up this coming long weekend with councils right across the state putting on events as part of Clean Up Australia Day. Uh, the LGIU news service has highlighted things happening in Brimbank, uh, Bayside and Townsville. So, you know, it's it's a national phenomenon, really, and great that's to see nice. people still support it so well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and I think um, for our viewers, just go to your local council's website to check out what they might be doing for that day. Indeed. All right, there's a few of the stories that caught our eye. If there's stories that you see that you'd like us to cover on Newsroom, we're only too happy for you to uh, let us know and we'll try and work it into a future episode. Let's get into the VLGA classifieds. We've talked about the AGM. Fast Track is with us uh, this Friday now. It's come around so quickly, and I That's think you're just about fully subscribed. Look, I think we're just about at capacity, but if anyone has um, neglected to register, please contact us and, and we'll certainly pop you on the waiting list or, or try to make room for you. But at this stage, um, we're well and truly close to having to close that off. I'm really looking forward to that day. I'm so pleased that we can deliver that face-to-face touch wood at this stage. And, and for those that don't know what we're talking about, it's the annual leadership development program that you do for councillors. I've seen uh, the panel lineups that you have and the topics. And of course, you've got the minister confirmed to, to do an so For the past three years, and this year included, we have the minister for local government who will be available to open the day, but also stay around and participate in a Q&A. So an excellent opportunity for those who are in attendance to have that face-to-face -face time with the minister and ask him those burning questions that they may have. Uh, I'm still hoping to one day get the Minister for Local Government and the Planning Minister in the same room because invariably a lot of the questions that come up for the Local Government Minister are related to planning matters. Um, and I think that would be another opportunity which I will not let go of and I'll continue to. <laughs> so you're not, you're not suggesting they've never been in the same room and that, that they might be the same person, are you? That's no, not I'm not suggesting no. that at all. Uh, and, in, and, in fact, in fairness to, to the current um, Minister for Local Government, I haven't yet had that conversation with him. So, so I'll do that at my next catch-up, which is, which is coming up. Um, and... Also um, on Fast Track, uh, or on the program for Fast Track, we have um, a Melbourne Playback, I think is the name of the group. It's a, a theatrical group that will be ending the day with, I guess, a lighter touch to 
the really important topics that were discussed right. throughout the day. So I think that will be a very interesting way to end the day, followed by um, some networking. I bet people are really looking forward to it. Uh, the opportunities to have these face-to-face events have been few and far between for quite some time, as you know, and people are really embracing them when they when they come up. Um, the other really exciting thing that you haven't, I can't believe you haven't mentioned, Catherine, is the opportunity to do a live on-site uh, edition of the governance update from Fast Track Day. Um, I don't know if we're quite game enough to go live to air with it, but we'll be live and in the same room. Oh, look, yes, that'll be, uh, and I must say that reminds me, not only are you going to be doing that governance update with Steve Cooper live from the very venue of the uh, Fast Track program, we will also be um, filming pre-recorded interviews with all of our panellists, which will capture the key themes uh, of, of the day and topics that will be discussed. And that's always um, worthwhile viewing for those who perhaps couldn't make it or for those who attend and would like to, to follow up afterwards. Provides a good time capsule of the day, doesn't it? That you can go back and look at on in in future as well. Um, Also coming up, I think just another week away is your governance advisory network. Yes, that's right. The governance advisory network, they're meeting on Friday the 12th of March, and that is the the VLGA's uh, group of governance officers and councillors, a representative um, from, from all of our member councils who come together on a, a quarterly basis to discuss and inform the, the program and advocacy work of the VLGA. So looking forward to the first meeting of that group in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Well, you must have a lot to do getting ready for Friday. So we might, uh, we might call it quits there for this week's newsroom. But to be honest, it's just that I can't wait to see the lovely closing titles that match the lovely opening titles as we say goodbye from another newsroom, Catherine. Indeed, Chris. I look forward to seeing you next week. And we'll see you again soon for Governance on Friday, newsroom again next week. Bye for now.